I have I have an observation that we can use for the front of front of episode. Oh, yeah. Jake never told us his story he wanted to rant about. Oh, Wait, I don't remember. This one. is this is much better than that. Good, I'm very <laughs> sure this it is, is guaranteed. This is, this is not. And then the pizza never came. This is not pertinent to Star Trek at all, but it's just something that's Good. very important to me that I've not had an opportunity to discuss in any other venue. In Endgame, this is not a spoiler. It's a very minor spoiler. Captain Marvel gets a haircut mm-hmm. that is clearly intended to communicate, I'm looking to date space babes. Like, space women, that is who I'm interested in dating. I'm saying it's a very gay haircut, and I love her. I will say, my only thing with the haircut... I haven't seen it, but I buy it. ...is it looked like they didn't actually cut, uh, I can't think of her real name, Brie Larson's hair. It looked like they put a wig on her? Maybe. And they didn't quite pull it down far enough. No, like I, I was sitting there kind of going, that looks like a wig. Chris, I tell you, I believe that haircut. That's fair. That's fair. Captain Marvel end game hair. Hold on. There's not a lot of good pictures of it. Cause I think hair game. Hair game end. Hair game 100. No, the hair game this is one? strong. Oh my god, yeah. Let me see. We have the same haircut. Not right now, but when it's taller and less floppy. It does look a little more real there. Yeah, it doesn't look very wig-like to me. There's one scene where it doesn't look convincing. Like, I feel like they, I don't know, had to go... Maybe she had changed it again and they had to go back and mm-hmm. reshoot. And it's like... Was there, a, they... wasn't there a movie where they had to, like, edit out an actor's mustache? Is that made Jared, Justice is League. That, what's his name? Yeah. He looks like he wants to date some space dudes. Who? No, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy have Renner in that haircut? movie. I have. Jeremy Renner in Endgame, is the anthropomorphized representation of the subreddit mall ninja shit. I don't know what that guy... Who is this guy? I was hoping at least one of you would be. None of these alleys are Interestingly, he's Hawkeye there, technically, but his, like, actions and look and everything are more based on the period, and I'm not kidding, where uh, he was using the codename Ronin. But that'll be important to us later. to steer her by a star trek podcast my name is caitlin and joining me today are jake chris ames and d pronouns are she her and the best actor in known word is michael dorn shoot i should have thought that through (laughs) michael because last episode i saw like my favorite character is tasha yar Mm. i just wanted Uh to change it up i see i see but i didn't have a fun fact ready michael dorn's Mm. solid He's good in this episode. He is. We'll, he is. We get we'll to see get some of his. It. We get to see a little bit of his face. We do. Holy it's shit! Insane. Anyway, tell us about Michael Dorn's face, Caitlin. It's lovely. What are we and doing? Perfectly set up for. Who sitting. the fuck are we? <laughs> we are here today to talk about two episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation, just like we do most weeks. How to take over the world? Oh, and it's episode one thirty-five. That's a good one. That's a big number. That is a that That's is a multiple biggest, of five. It's the biggest one yet. That's what she's. Mm. Oh, Kate Blanchett says that in the shipping news. Oh, huh. so that anyway, it's a good movie. Okay, but Kevin Space is in it, so I can't watch it anymore. Yeah. Gross. But I still own it if you want to borrow it. 
I'm still gonna watch Moon. I'm sorry, I have to. I've never seen Moon, but Moon's I understand. Uh, every time we talk about Moon, I mention what's his name's naked what's ass. What's going on with this episode? Okay, <laughs> so uh, we're talking about Homeward and Sabrosa. In Home Homeward, I almost said Homeworld. In Homeward, the Enterprise gets a, a ringy dingy from. Nikolai Rozhenko, who is Worf's adoptive brother, he's hanging out on Baral 2, and Baral 2 is suffering through um, its atmosphere dissipating. All of the people there are, like, super basic, like, you know, prime prime directive motherfuckers. Yes. Mo- mo- mocha, soy latte. Soy latte Uggs. They have yet to evolve beyond the pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, so 21st century. But, yeah, so their uh, atmosphere is dissipating, but Nikolai Rajenko wants to save them, as we find out, because he's totally banged one of them and is making a family with her because he loves her and stuff, which is great. She's great. She is great. They're great. I like them together. Sort of. He's kind of old for her. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not my choice. Anyhow, he's like, let's save them. And they're kind of like, prime directive, prime directive. And he's like, all right, well, if you won't do it, I'll do it. So he beams all of the people from Baral 2 onto the Enterprise into the holodeck. Secretly. Secretly. Skillfully. Um, Yes. Skillfully. Sexually? mm, Sensually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not for me, but that's okay. He's taken. Anyway, so he beams them into the holodeck where he has created an exact replica of their actual homeworld. And he's like, all right, guys, we're going to go into this cave. And on the other side is going to be this great new place where we can live, where it'll be safe. And they're like, but how do you know? Have we been there? How far away is it? Peanut gallery, peanut gallery. And he was like, no, don't worry. I know where we're going. And uh, oh, my brother, by the way, Worf here is uh, a wizard. So, or seer, a seer. Wizarding! I'm a house Slytherin. I am house Slytherin. Anyway, boop, 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 boop. Sorry, rebooting. I'm a house elf. My boot, my, my boot? My brain is rebooting. So anyway, the Enterprise is like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, find them a new planet and we'll keep them busy here in the holodeck. One problem though, that simulation is huge and stuff and uh, it's going to be glitching out wicked fucking hard. I think is exactly how Jordy put it. And uh, it does start glitching out, but Worf is like, oh, uh, that's uh, the sign of uh, LaForge, and uh, it means uh, we'll have a great journey. And so they start going through the the caves, which again, reminder, is actually just the holodeck. It's awesome. But uh, one dude busts out and into the ship and is like, holy fuck, what is going on? And everybody's like, no, like, don't worry. We're friends. We're going to help. And he's like, fuck this and commits seppuku, which is really a bummer. But in the end, they find a new planet called, uh, it looks like Vaca 6. That sounds good. Vaca 6. And they drop them off and nobody is the wiser. And Nikolai Rajenko, who really should have been in deep shit for violating the Prime Directive, was like, I'm going to stay behind with my girlfriend, so peace. Yeah, and it's like, like the Prime Directive doesn't matter because he wrote himself out of it. Yep. He wasn't even a Starfleet officer, though, so... He gives a shit. Oh, yeah, it's, good it's point. Vorka, it's Vorka. I just wrote, had oh, that Oh, it's Vorka. Vorka. Yeah. Okay, Vorka 6. Okay. But anyway, happily but, ever after except for that one dude. Well summarized. Oh, thanks. Nikolai yeah. Rajenko is my fucking hero. How so? Explain. Yeah, why? Because he hates the Prime Directive. Yes! There are times when the Prime Directive needs to apply. This was yeah. not one of them. This is, this is like... We need to save these... 12 or 14 people. Let's 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 step back and like just consider 
the prime directive abstractly, as it, not abstractly, but as it applies to this case, right? Yeah. So first of all, I think that the argument that Nikolai makes when he's first like, no, like we should save, we should save people from this planet is very good, which is that the prime directive is intended to save lives. Like it's intended to help people. And if, clearly if nobody's benefited by dying as your planet turns into like not having an atmosphere, nobody benefits from that. No yep. culture benefits. Nope. So that I think is actually a really good argument. It yeah. is, but but let's not forget that he's a fucking cynical piece of shit. Okay, he was actually saving his baby mama. Let's step back from that. <laughs> yeah, let's so step he's, back from so that. Nikolai is an anthropologist or something or other. He's been, I'm guessing, studying these people inside and out. Yeah, it's going to which no, this has actually been established. Like this is this is part of the lore that like has been established that they actually. This is what um, y'all have watched the episode where Riker gets extorted for sex yeah. yes. by an alien, right? By uh, um, B.B. Newworth. Yeah, yeah like that is, that is, like, that episode is about, like, them doing this. That yeah. they're, like, oh, they get It's a terrible idea, though. Awesome. It's a really bad idea. And they also do it in, uh, Who Watches the Watchers. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, it usually movie. works fine. We only see the cases where well, no, they do. They wrong. do it in Who Watches the Watchers when something goes horribly wrong and they yeah. have to go and fix it. In they weren't They weren't pretending to be been talking the whole time. But I don't think Nikolai was either. I think they even said, he even said that he had a observation yeah yeah he's supposed spot. to be there like chilling so how did he knock up penny because, johnson because Worf was very surprised and that's angry right, he when was. he saw saw him with the with the the yeah. face makeup but so to continue the the prime directive right like so so first of all why does it even matter when like how does the prime directive possibly apply in this situation well and you know what i just Yes. One of the stupid counter-arguments Picard makes, which yeah. fails horribly, is like, well, yes, we, we save these people. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not doing a proper Patrick Stewart impression. Let me try again. Yeah. Shall we save these people? Right. And we uh, <laughs> we just bring them to this planet. And what does that mean for that system? It's like, this argument would only make sense if you people didn't colonize every deserted world Boom. you could find. Well, and if you hadn't already done this. There's precedence for doing this. Like, yeah. they did this with Khan and friends. They did yeah. this with the freaking Irish. In, yeah. Uh, up the long That's ladder. True. And yeah. then, and then, they get these people on the holodeck, <laughs> and their planet goes away. Like, yeah. they don't have a planet anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah. At that point, why don't you just say, there like, is no development. All right, like, open up the door, like, Send Counselor Troy in to like make first. Troy contact. can't handle okay, this. Troy, send send <laughs> Captain Picard. Send Whoopi in. Send Whoopi in. Send Whoopi in to make first contact and like let's just be upfront with these well, people. Well, and she has Why no do we planet. have to do all this bullshit? So, well, see, and I kind of I do understand. Like, I think I'm also down with Nikolai's plan. It's not terrible. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, look, we got this fucking super advanced video game. We can convince them everything's fine. Because I mean, I think you know. A lot of them wouldn't. I think a lot of them would have been able to take it. Yeah. But a lot of them wouldn't have been. Like that old sure. dude. The shock probably would. Have, he, the old dude wouldn't have killed himself. The shock would have killed him. Yeah. You know, like. On the other hand, they are now a village of like fifteen people on a whole planet. Like, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of inbreeding. So yeah, much there's, there's really gonna be some serious issues here with. Uh... Like genetic diversity. Yeah. Well, maybe Nick... for, they were probably part of trade networks. Like they. Were, I'm sure they were very self-sufficient because yeah. they're like a, a yeah. agricultural society, but like, you know, like they were part, used to be in part of a larger society and that's gone. Yeah. yeah. No, it also doesn't any... matter anymore because Worf stole their history. That's true. Well, just yeah. one sixth of it. Well, no, the other guy had they the really other sixth. The other, the, the, other, they, they, the other guy had the other <laughs> They buried one. him with it. That was a waste of, a waste of priceless objects. Yeah. Mind if I keep this? Why don't you just take a photo of it, Worf, and let me keep the original, you know? 
yeah. Put it put it through the the replicator. Or something. Wait, was it blank actually? Because didn't uh, didn't what's his name have Boren? the other part? Boren. Didn't Boren? Well, he had. Out so of there were six of them. Oh, you're right. Of like and seventeen. He had lost one, yeah. and the one that he had with him when he left was the one that he had dropped. Yeah, earlier. you're right. But what I don't understand is, uh, you know, they're all going to die because are there food sources on this planet? Well, that was the whole point. Are there they, animals? They found planets that, yeah. in theory, they'll be able to thrive what if, on. What if they M-class have, what if they have allergies? Yeah, no, there's a ton of ways it could go wrong. I think we're also, I think we're, we're there's definitely a gloss over of, like, we don't see them with, like, carrying their seeds. I, which I kind of, I'm like, I can accept that whatever they there. had some within the in that in those weird tents they had yeah those tents you have to sleep standing up you see <laughs> wait, wait okay so so to explain to anybody who hasn't just watched it there is like one particular tent in every portrayal yeah. of their camp that is just like it's straight up it's yeah. like you could like stand in it you could probably sit in it comfortably maybe it's their bathroom so there but there is no 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 there is I was I was so delighted by this because I noted the tent and I was always staring at it in the last the last scene when Nikolai goes to say goodbye to Worf, he says he like has a conversation with um Dobara, his girlfriend, Dobara, Dobara, Penny Johnson, Penny Johnson. He has a conversation with Penny Johnson, and she goes into that tent and sits down. You can see her leg, and then you can see her. She's like desperately like trying to look like she's casually adjusting how she's sitting to get out of frame, and she's obviously actually like. Pressed against it, like oh, must not be in the God. shot. Must not be in the oh, shot. Oh, I have to go back and see that. <laughs> it's it's, 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 the it's yeah. very small, but it really delighted me because I was I had noticed that tent. And I was like, why do they have a tent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. She also played Cassidy Yates. Yep, she will. She also plays Claire in Orville. Yes, hmm. she's quite good. I enjoy her. Anyway, I have a, I have she's another. Great. I have another fix for your goddamn stupid plan, everyone. Go okay. for it. So we realize, oh shit, we shoved everyone in the holodeck. Holodeck's malfunctioning, and they're gonna figure it out. Fucking gas them. Yeah. <laughs> now they, and then, they, and then when they wake up, they're on a new planet, and they don't know why, but they're there, and it's fine. Well, I mean, they also could have gassed them, fixed the holodeck, and then woke them back up if they, if they still wanted to do yeah, that. Yeah, they could keep that in. Just continuously gas them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's true. But I can understand, like, they could have... <laughs> Explained it with a line, just like they did. Why they can wipe what's his fuck's memory? Just be like, yeah, yeah their physiology is different. None of our, none of our okay, knockout Chris? gases will Chris work. Chris is on okay. Them or sure. I, so I will say actually, because like we're just going down. Like first of all, I just agree with the the note that Chris started down, which I was just like, this episode like just shows that this prime directive is stupid, and the show's understanding of it is stupid. But and, and we're like, there's a lot of like, this is a very convoluted plan. That it's easy to poke holes in, but I actually really liked this episode. Yeah. Oh, it's um, great! The, that was good. Yeah, the, it's all okay. of the the supporting cast I think is very strong. That uh, what, what's her name? Say it again. Debara. Debara and the actresses Penny Johnson. Penny John. Penny Johnson. Great. And the like whoever played Vorin was like that. Yeah, was, that like, kid nailed it. Quality yeah. stuff. And then um, it just happened on its own. Holy shit! That was amazing. No, it's because oh, I no. no. <laughs> it must be Ronan. Ronan's here. Bitches. Ronan's here. <laughs> um, I, and again, I, I did I did enjoy Paul Servino, though it is funny that again yeah. to play a, a Russian guy, you yeah. pick like the most, you know uh, the Italian mobster. Yeah, the guy who's like always if he's not. An Ita- you know, a New York Italian American cop. He's a mafia dude. Like, yeah. also, I like shout out. Like, have to say, such a pleasure to see Michael Dorn's face. 
Yeah. 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 So, you know, so Michael Dorian. He did have that that fucking coif. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, the spot maneuver. Still... That's what you do. Yeah. So the um. Or <laughs> something rice picker something. <laughs> so the to explain the he he gets like their instant cosmetic surgery, which they have to yes. do. Yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always like one seconds. tiny detail on the face. In yeah. this case, yeah. they have a little nose thing. Well, so, then that goes back to TOS. Were, I mean, they were, they, oh, yeah. they Romulanified. Well, time. if you I look at the that chase. They, that, they, that, they dis, that they turned it off when they were, you know, after they had turned to the ship. They literally, and they describe it as surgery. Like, yeah. they're not, they're not like coming, they're not like, it's not a hologram or something. And that's what, yeah. that's what, they, what they did in Kirk and Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. They perform surgery on it. And they seem to, like, they seem to, it seems to be, it's like an outpatient procedure that takes, like, less than five minutes. Yeah. And yeah. also, like, and, like Worf, Worf was just lying on the table in his uniform. Yeah. Like, you know, like he was going to the dentist, not about to have his, like, because I assume they left his ridges because they just hit it under the hat. Well, otherwise they wouldn't have bothered with the... Yeah, but otherwise they... Otherwise they have no honor. But they still had to, like, completely... Yeah, they like rip out his nose and surgery. some of his cheekbone. It and, seems yeah. They just replicate a new face, and it's interesting. Michael Dorn yeah, has, a, has, a, has a much narrower face, yeah, than Worf. Yeah, oh, because yeah. of bec- because of all the heads the that they put on. So without yeah. it, he it looked very strange to me. Yeah, to see this like this this face with normal human proportions, but yeah. like. Man, it, it like it, and it's not. And he's recognizable as, as Worf. Yep. And you know his voice is obviously the same, but there's just something like uncanny valley about him mm. in this, where it's just like there's something not right. Yeah. There is. There's something off. There is something off-putting about the transition. But that said, like he's he's a handsome gentleman. Oh, absolutely. He is. I love the. There's an episode of DS9 that he does out of makeup. Uh, it's a good and, episode. Yeah, it's a great. It's it's one of the one of the tops. That I that I always love, and, and he's he's very good in it, and, and very handsome. And he's it's also like I feel like it does things to his performance too. Like I just mm. felt like you know, and partly that's the mission of the episode. Mm. But I felt like there was I've seen a whole new sides to Worf. Yeah, it was yeah. it was like he kind of unwarfed a little bit, yeah, and was more personable. Yeah, maybe. And if you can also look at it, saying, oh well, he's with his brother, who he's known his yeah, whole life. That's true. They're kind of always a little bit at odds. Yeah, I I really like. There's like that scene early on, and maybe this is like as I as I think about it, it feels like kind of clumsy writing because it's a lot of telling rather than showing. But the he has that thing he describes his brother to Deanna or to Beverly, maybe. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, but it was like, it's just like a good, like, you just really feel like these people have a relationship, they yeah. care about each other, they know about each other, yeah. it's, it's good. You, it, you want to know something that irritates me, not about this episode, but about the fandom. Sure. No one said a word, says a word as far as I know about like, huh, where's this, this adoptive brother coming from? No, uh, we. I well, thought the same. How come Worf has never mentioned this before? I thought this, this is clearly bullshit. This is retconning bullshit. <laughs> uh, not my Star Trek. Wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Jordy had a mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never. But like, literally, like people say this shit about Michael Burnham in Discovery and how why didn't Spock ever mention his his adoptive sister? And but we've seen a shitload more of Worf so far than we ever saw of Spock. You know? I don't know. We saw a lot of shirtless Spock before. Just in terms of, of, <laughs> of hours of screen time, I would, I would wager that we've seen more Worf than oh, Spock man. with or without shirt. Um, <laughs> we've never seen Worf shirtless, I don't think. We saw him face like down to. shirtless when he was getting surgery uh, that time. Okay, okay. Fair. But that's about it. We've never um, seen his pecs. We've seen, we've seen back, Worf back. Yeah. And but, foot... Mm-hmm. 
ridged foot. Mm. Yeah, and a ridged the foot spine. is ridged. The foot is weird. It's um, weird. It goes all the way down. I was gonna say the spots um, go all the way down. And uh, and yet and yet no one is like okay yeah it makes sense that he would have had you know that the Roshenkos would have had another son and, and he had a brother and that's fine. He's not mentioned because the Roshenkos show up at some point, right? They yeah, do. we see them. They're too busy in, talking in, about all their fucking charts. Family. Yeah. Well, it also like apparently Worf is the favorite son, which is awkward. Well, he, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nikolai burnt, dropped out on the academy, so... Yeah, yeah. and considering and what, a, what, an anthropologist, a, what, a, yeah. what a military what a fetishist Worf's dad there uh, is. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, he's it is, you know, it is actually, like, a weird... So, like, the, you referenced this before, Chris, but about him drop, him dropping out of the academy made me think of it, like... So, is a, does the Prime Directive apply to non-military to personnel? Like, what yeah. is that... What's that about? Like, presumably... He was there observing at the behest and with the assistance of Starfleet. Okay. And probably part of the deal is you like sign a contract being like, yeah. I'll uphold all your stupid rules. He's in like the civilian anthropologist yeah. corps. Yeah. Just don't let anybody go and like study yeah, fair. random pre-warp civilizations. Well, and it's it's like um, the Marcuses and also kind of like, like Stamets, right, on Discovery. Because he's not really... No, he's full Starfleet. Oh, is he? But you're right, the Marcuses are a good example. Oh, okay. They're working closely with Starfleet, but they are not Starfleet. And they hate yeah. Starfleet. Well, um, David Because they keep impregnating us. Mm. Oh, wait, that's just Kirk. Um, <laughs> Always, all Kirk. Also, speaking of Paul Sorvino <laughs> Thousands playing, of women. <laughs> playing uh, Nikolai, is it, is, did it strike anybody else weird that he had no accent? No, well, I mean, he had uh, his standard Paul Sorvino accent, but he did not have any kind of... He's been trying to fit in on Burrell. Worf part, doesn't have a Russian even, accent, even, and they grew up in the same house. Well, no, Worf, but Worf was at least a he was adopted. He was adopted. He was older. he was older. He was he was a still a child, but no, he actually, actually, to be honest, like well, actually. to be to be honest with you, yes, this actually like this actually makes sense. Like I think this is true of like usually like first generation immigrants do not have noticeable accents. But he, they grow but, up from a young age. But yeah, but 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 Nikolai evidently grew up. In Minsk, with Minsk. where's Chekhov from? The mouths of Minsk, uh, Russia, somewhere Russia. Russia. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Worf says that that's he, not Worf a Russian he, accent. His family's from Minsk. <laughs> it is in the twenty third uh, century. So I'm <laughs> presuming, and Worf's parents definitely have accents. Maybe it's because they're speaking Russian, and so oh, the way that we are getting that from the translators, I like that. Or yeah, whatever. It, it's, like it's, it's the inverse of uh, Andy's explanation for why Deanna's mother doesn't have an accent. There you go. Oh, she's speaking English? No, no. no so, she's so, speaking this the native episode, tongue, so she doesn't have and the, the weird universal English. translator is like, I'm just going to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> and yeah. that's why Deanna has an accent and her mother because doesn't. She because she's actually, speak, actually speaking English yeah. or common or whatever, whatever they, they call it. speaking in yeah. the 24th century. Mm-hmm. But then it and then and then it makes further sense in that way because like obviously they would have learned whatever the common was because they go off into Starfleet and the whole thing and they're fitting in and yeah. yada yada. Yeah. Oh, and I have an itch. I have to say, Can like I, yes. I was genuinely, like, like like this episode. There's a lot of good acting. You know, it's, it's good. But maybe like the moment that got the biggest reaction out of me was actually when. So the scene where uh, uh, Debara, 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 thank you. I don't know why I'm having trouble think, with it. Think Doberman. Doberman. 
the scene where where Devara speaks to Worf and is basically like, "I want you to think of me as his sister." Like right there, I was like, "Oh, like Nikolai, like she should not be like promising to marry this girl." And then she's like, "After all, you'll be the uncle to my child." And I was, I was like, I felt with Worf, I was like. Nikolai, like, what the this fuck? is inappropriate from top to bottom. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, I was, every I time, study them. every time those two interacted, it's like, yeah, oh, they're fucking. So, yeah. like, the oh, minute yeah, she yeah, was yeah. like, "We're, I'm pregnant," it's like, yeah, no yeah. shit. Well, no. So what I, I, what I wrote in my notes for this was like, get a vasectomy, dude. Like. You are held to a higher fucking standard. You are an alien on this planet. You yeah. cannot impregnate a woman. That is not okay. Yeah, that's not going to be a different the, uh, species. Yeah, I was say, what what was the chance that that would even have worked? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I thought shockingly it high. Well, well right, there's this the whole, chase. Like, they were all seeded. From yeah. The so I did a quick dive into Memory Alpha. Apparently, they didn't actually grow up. Like the Rojenkos are from Minsk originally, oh. but their their son. And Worf similarly was raised on. They probably eventually moved to back to Minsk, but they were raised on a colony world. Oh, I so know. so presumably. How did we learn this? Uh, I don't. I, a couple different episodes, according to Memory Alpha, but yeah. so yes, okay. they they grew up on a planet where probably their parents were the only people with that accent. Oh, and well, using makes, a translator anyway. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to interrupt, but that technically that. I interrupted so. Something that we were mentioning before we started recording that I just wanted to shout out is that LeVar Burton directed The Pegasus, which she talked about Oh, yeah, last that was week. last week, yeah. yeah. And go LeVar. This other hit was oh, a I second. Oh, I had missed that. That's yes, cool. that was a week ago that we discussed this. Yeah, and I'm sorry, that has no a connection to what. <laughs> we do shit like this all the time. Yeah, I just was like, when you when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, crap. Like, that's awesome that LeVar Burton directed that episode, which was so good. Like, we should just make sure to call that out. And then it popped back into my head. I actually saw a friend of ours shared um, something about the fact that LeVar Burton is, like, a total living legend because mm. he's had all these really amazing like, and wide deal roles. roles. Yeah. But also, like, reading Rainbow, yeah. which was, like... You know, not everyone has access to yeah, was, books and stories in the public libraries. The foundation and... of a lot of my childhood. <sighs> yeah. Have so... you all seen the video of the new, the Reading Rainbow Kickstarter? I think I so. Probably so have, but it's not. They, but I have a shit memory. They they so they did Shockingly. a Kickstarter. I remember this. A yeah. new set of programs. Like they have a bunch of online resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they have like the under sort of like the Reading Rainbow heading. Like they're producing new educational content that's available to schools. And LeVar Burton is involved. And there's a video of like they hit their goal in like an hour or something. And there's a video of him like getting the news. And it's like really. Aww, okay, a we're lot. gonna have we're gonna have to it's find this a video. Lot. It's if really you, if you have it, send it to us. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll ten I'll forward find it. on this video. Um, It'll just be us crying for five oh minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, that's basically. So nice. Uh, so anyway, Laura Burton is. And look great. at his yes. eyes. So, so he can pretty. also he can also give signs to travelers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a moment in this that I thought was really fucked up, where Whoa. it's early on. Picard considers genociding them. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> a lot. It's connected to that several times. In that, like, when the planet is is going through its death throes, it's like put it on screen. I want to watch this mother <laughs> yeah. perish. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like, it's actually funny. Like, and this is, I, it's something about. Like watching a few episodes, just like sitting down and watching a few episodes from like the middle, like the end of the the series, I was just like, when the, like they always just say on screen, even though there's like no reason to think there will be any interesting visual phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. Like why is it? Why do they always ask? Why is it their first thought to be like show it to me? And he gives his little speech about honoring the lives that are gonna be lost, yeah. and Nikolai's like, 
No. Fuck, I mean, by then he'd already enacted his that plan. Is, but it's just like, yeah. fuck is wrong with you? I, and I can agree. There is, like, I think that there's... What's cool about this episode, one of the things that's cool about it is that just, like, the... There is this really interesting back and forth between, like, Worf's idea of duty and Nikolai's idea of, like, principle. That, mm. like, you know, that Nikolai's just like, I'm going to do what's right and I don't care if I have to break the rules or, like, you know, like, uh, break loyalty with people. And then Worf is like, no, like, the these, like, relationships and, like, rules are where the right thing comes from, even if, like, you know, even if that leads to, like, conflicts or imperfect situations. And there, there really is, like, stuff on both sides. Like, they're, like on the one hand... Like, that moment of just, like, I don't see any honor in this, Captain, excuse me, is like, wow, yeah, uh, Picard, what do, you, do you have anything to say to that? And on the other hand, like, when you find out that he impregnated a woman, you're like, like, Nikolai, I want to like you, but you're a fucking idiot, dude. Like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, oh, no, you know, he's totally an idiot, but yeah. also he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong a lot of the time. It's, like, it's, And it's, that's just sort of, like, that tension just exists. And actually, yep. the, the brothers kind of agree to disagree about it. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem with the Prime Directives. They try yeah. to... They try to implement it in a blanket way, and it's like yeah. something this complex can't possibly be implemented the same in every case, and that's what well, you're trying who to do. To decide. Well, so but like in, I, f- I feel like in like what what I sort of expected to happen. Not ex- I didn't expect this to happen because I know the show is stupid about the prime directive. But I feel like the way that ideally this would work is that Picard would say like, "Huh, this is a pretty weird situation. Like data, what are the precedents?" And data would say like, "Well." Like a captain Wait, uh, get Starfleet on the phone. Yeah, right. It would be like like I mean, you know. So like with so in the, the future, he could call up well in Roshenko <laughs> v Starfleet. We saw no exactly like in in yeah. like like that's the way that the law works, yeah. right? Like the law is it's always confusing. This is why we we all, we always talk about how we need a fucking ship's lawyer. We do. Yeah, where's we Jack? Ship's lawyer. Yeah, Instead of a ship's counselor, no no hate, but like. <laughs> No, Let's there's get a not. Ship's lawyer no, I think we, I think we agree on that. I think, I think the we... ship's lawyer, the ship's lawyer, like they could have have had a secondary character mm. of the ship's lawyer and a secondary character of the ship's counselor, and had them, you know, both swap. be recurring. Yeah, yeah, both be recurring characters as opposed to having, you know, one ship's counselor who sits on the bridge, extraneous ninety nine percent of the time. Well, see, like this was the series that originally was like, we don't need a chief engineer, but right. we need a counselor. Yeah. It was the 80s, man. Everyone, it's, you know, therapy. As we said, they also... Fine. We gotta make sure everyone knows. Nothing wrong with therapy, but... Yeah. You don't need a therapist to be one of your lead characters. Uh, I don't know. Also an if, if your doctor is, your mental health is just as important as your physical mm. health. I sense that they're holding something back, Captain. We also said they need a ship's detective, which so, I stand by. That's Data. <laughs> that would be solid. Data's good. So that's true. Put, put of, that hat um, on him, he's fine. So, prime directive, right? So, A... I agree that it's bullshit in this instance and it shouldn't apply because how many fucking times has the Enterprise gone to a doomed planet and enacted some kind of magic like, you know, phasering pockets of underground gas to fix their ozone layer or... Uh, or create a greenhouse effect, or whatever the hell they were doing that time. Yeah, it's like, or like it just what sounds they did like with, with Data's mom a couple weeks ago. Like both in all those cases, they were saving planets that their natural evolution should have caused them to die. Yeah, yeah like Timison's planet, same thing. Well, that yeah. was the sun, though. But was the difference like, oh no? But these people have like these people are primitive. they have technology, so we'll save yeah. them. But yeah, because like, they can fuck call these us primitives. Yeah. Pretty much, that's pretty obnoxious. Much. It, is, it, it's, it does like that's just clearly like if, it's very imperialist and, yep. and well, yeah because it's like they have nothing to offer us it's they have nothing to, to offer us so it's impossible to, to like like there are 
there is clearly like there are admirable things about the prime directive yeah. Yeah. but like this is just a case where like it's just a plot device at this point like there's yeah. no principle and, the, and like honestly here. the prime directive is to protect shit like yeah you know going down to the planet and turning them all into nazis yeah which yeah. has happened and so there's good reason <laughs> yeah or there's or gangsters honestly gangsters over nazis is probably we've had a lot of experiences with people just so, like, like taking so, one like, aspect no, of our history too far so those are those are good examples of the prime directive planet. where the prime directive should not have uh you know where yeah. the prime director should have applied or there yeah. should just be new like it should be a law that is interpreted like any other law yeah. in in, a, in the real world yeah, yeah. Exactly. and like especially if and like honestly it would have been way better if if nikolai would have been able to say hey picard here's a plan that we could use to save these people and picard being okay yeah let's do that plan instead he had to you know, sneak, and he only ended up saving a handful of people, yeah. and they mm-hmm. probably could have saved more. Mm. You know, they could have found, you know, put them into, like you said, gassed, you know, gassed them and, and did it that way. He even specifically, Nikolai specifically had a plan that was like, we will use, like, technology, we will disguise it in this way, like, yeah. we will not be able to save the whole planet, but we can, like, protect large large parts of it. And I was like, what, I think, like, oh, there are, we, I just, like, have to say, there are some really great Picard moments in this. Mm. One of them is when, I think that, I think it's Beverly like kind of joins in and it's like yeah it's a good point like oh I like the prime directives to save lives I don't think we're saving any lives Captain and he's just like gives her she's look like she's usually on a high horse about this too yeah it's well that's like Bev Bev likes saving lives yeah that's one thing that's that they thing. had been very consistent with this well, show where it's like oh. she's very good at being like a physician you know like yeah. if if there's she's not priority. that good at it. <laughs> Well, she's very good at, at prioritizing this. <laughs> yes, and, I, and that's one of the. That's a very. They don't give her much to do, but that at least is consistent mm. with her character. There's also like the other like just amazing Picard moment is when Jordy's like, uh, "Captain, like, also the holodeck is malfunctioning," and he just has this look like, "You have got to be kidding me with this shit." So there's a bunch of savages on my ship <laughs> in the holodeck. I was actually very surprised that when what's the fucking name again. Vorin, when Vorin yeah. gets out and is running amok, that Picard doesn't show him fucking space. Like, he's Seriously. done many times with yeah. other spaces. Well, loves. he doesn't want to fuck this one. He this doesn't? is Fair. Um, so he, like, so actually, like, Picard, I'm glad, glad you brought that up, because, like, Picard, Vorin, it, so Picard does just seem so unreasonable at the beginning of the episode, and, but I feel like Vorin, like, this Picard-Vorin thread is actually, like, a really elegant way that the writers bring that back and again like there's no like Picard doesn't end the episode by saying I was wrong yeah but he is sort of like he's clearly just like really touched by the mm. facts by, by what happened and he really he hasn't changed his mind but he sees how awful he sees the co- the real cost of the decision he made yeah, yeah. humbled what do we say humbled uh, one yeah, thing would. during Vorin's escape sequence uh, you know, when there he, was when no he... guards posted by the holodeck. Oh my god, yeah. The doors don't I wrote that down. lock around here. <laughs> I was like, why? Thank you. I'm glad someone else is thinking but, about this stuff. But I just love when he gets to 10 forward and yeah. Riker's like, all right, everyone, give him room. Yeah. Half the room is continues moving towards him. It's oh, like, no. it's actually, it's actually like really nice in a funny way because it is, it's this like moment of like, 
like again it's just like it's like utopian right so like yeah. what are 24th century humans like if they see somebody something that seems amiss they just yeah. walk towards it like zombies going like oh. do you need help do you need help <laughs> Brinton Ford would you like a drink also wait this is a kindness like, like side note like why is there randomly really good civilian fashion in this episode yeah I don't know like oh, I missed all extra extra budget. It's like in ten forward. If you just like pause and look around, like most people aren't in uniform and they look good. It's mm. bizarre. That's very rare for Star there's Trek. There's like a lady with like a sweet dress I would totally have worn, and there's like the first person he meets who says, "Can I help you?" Oh it's yeah. It's just like it's funny because like it's just like you see people in uniforms walking by, and you're like, right, the Enterprise. Yeah. And then like he like turns and the camera turns with him, and there's a lady with this just sweet some ass yeah. jacket who's like, "Do you need help?" And I was like, "What? Wait, what show is this? Like, Who is this woman?" I want to watch her show now. Yeah. Speaking though of clothing, one thing I felt very much with the design of the. Um, villagers what's their species name again the Borellans. the Borellans. i felt like their clothes were very like tos primitive society which i enjoyed mm. i think i was maybe thinking that mostly because in friday's child the men all had very similar headdresses as to what they had in oh, they had those, those horsey hats yeah, yeah like yeah. you take the hair off of those and that's kind of what these dudes yeah. were wearing like this was in general i thought the costuming in this episode was really good yeah it was both some like random good civilian clothing but then just like yeah their their costumes were just good they were I, interesting but like i wouldn't want the, the headpiece but i kind of wanted nikolai's coat yeah they did have nice coat yeah, goats and stuff. Anyway, we, we should be moving on soon. Mm, no. Yeah. Also, Prime Directive or not, I like considering how much out of their way they went to like try to be in the spirit of the Prime Directive. What the fuck is with? Oh, by the way, my brother's a fucking wizard and can t- control the weather. <laughs> well, they seem to believe because they said they had a seer of their the, own. The idea died, was that so they seem to like, believe in the supernatural. Yeah, but anyway. but like, but still, believing is that, that still doesn't mean that you can be like, yeah, your supernatural beliefs are real. See, well, Worf, bas- Worf basically calls up Jordy and asks for a storm, and Jordy's like, I get to be God today. Yeah, yeah Jordy was very excited. Yeah, which no, is which is a running theme in the in in our episode. It's today. interesting because that didn't that didn't catch mm. me because it was like oh here's an explanation that fits within your existing cultural view but you're right like they do provide very compelling evidence that they have magical power that's true which is odd uh, yeah well before we get to the next episode i have to do something i have to die a little inside come on light damn you no wait before you do this this, this bit which is a pretty good bit god damn it um, it won't it's light. not that good a bit apparently it's, it's not a good match what is our what is our while jake is solving this problem no, no wait let me do it we gotta have is, is there no more matches that was the only match no wait 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 that's there. how bev does it that's how bev all does right it. what I, what's I our like how, how do people rate this episode on like uh no What's our what's our final rating? Oh God, selfie cam. No. I know. I know you guys seem to really like Homeward. I thought it was just basically a reshot of Pen Pals. Yeah, but it was so much better. I liked Pen Pals. Pen Pals was fine. The little this... girl with the creepy fingers. Yeah, 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 I hated the fingers. That's I. I, I oh, you're you just right. Like it, it was Data instead of War. Basically, there there is. But you simil- got handsome Michael Dorn. There is. That's true. I did. He there is really similarity, handsome. but I feel like this was executed better put them very close to each other honestly right, so now now uh, let's set the scene listening we have uh we're, we're doing this episode by candlelight in the hopes that uh we will be visited upon by the ghost that was fucking fucking our grandparents <laughs> and that that ghost will fuck us too <laughs> seriously like 
This <laughs> I have right, fucked so. your mother and Let's her mother see. and her mother before her. You gotta tell us what. All oh, right, when, the summary. Hold on, I was just reading time. my grandmother's erotic journal. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, oh. I didn't get much sleep last night because I was masturbating furiously, thinking about my grandmother banging a thirty-four-year-old. <laughs> I'm gonna. You should. I'd read two chapters tonight. Yeah, Dio, what the fuck? Okay, okay, all right. Let's go. Let's no, go. Diana was the one who suggested two, two chapters. chapters. Oh, Diana yeah. suggested that. She I did. That. Yes. She was like, <laughs> and I tried plexing. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so baffled by all the, by everything that's been said. What happened in this episode? <laughs> who fucking knows? How did this go Okay, already? so Bev, I blew it out. Oh. Bev, who I don't know if we'd ever actually heard this before, but apparently her mother died when she was wicked young. Yeah, so she was raised. So she's raised by her grandma, who and loves munching on roots and ghost dick. Um, <laughs> so Bev's grandma is, has died, and so we open on grandma's funeral. Bev does a really nice eulogy. Everyone's like, oh, sorry, Bev, that's a real bummer. And while she's standing at the graveside, a hot young dude, I mean, not really. No, he's not. He's not, but let's say that he was. He had nice hair. Yeah, his hair, I think that's what actually fooled me was. His hair is really nice, but his face is... He's very like somebody on the cover of a 90s romance novel. Yeah, he's like 10 years later. I was thinking also like a soap, like a soap opera star type of thing. Yeah, I can see the Fabio for sure. So yeah, so he drops one of Bev's grandma's favorite flowers onto the coffin, and Bev's like, what's that about? And she tries to figure that out, but to no avail, so she heads back to her grandma's house, and she lights this stupid-ass candle... And Diana has, like, a really unreasonably positive reaction about how gorgeous this fucking ugly piece of shit is. Yeah, it's yeah. just a metal Did anybody piece else of, notice piece of that? Tin. Oh, it's beautiful. You should take it with you. Really? This is going to go with our thoroughly modern decor? Get your fucking head out of your ass, Diana. <laughs> anyway, Bev's like, all right, well, I'm going to go to bed now. Oh, look, diaries. And um, so she sleeps in the house overnight, and she falls asleep reading the diary, and then she, like... Has a weird dream that she was, like, caressed by a hand, by a man. Maybe he was wearing a ring. He knew exactly how I wanted to be touched. Oh! And she's, like, telling Diana about this fucking weird bullshit over breakfast the next day or some shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just, oh, I God, was that, just... Yeah, that's true. They can't, they cannot write conversations between those two. Uh, listen, it could have been worse. They could have been doing... Sexy yoga, yoga, yoga. during it. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing that would have made that better would have been if Bev was also wearing like skin tight clothing. <sighs> but That's anyway, what the Gene Roddenberry was thinking. Bev is like, ooh, well, I'm gonna read some more of that hot, hot gilf erotica <laughs> tonight, and I don't really know. So I, honestly, the the details and the the order of things are kind of muddled. But basically, her the house the the guy like the groundskeeper, her grandmother's groundskeeper, the groundskeeper Willie. Yeah, <laughs> I had him down as uh, Scrooge McGroundskeeper. There you go. Oh, he yes. shows up and he's like, "You get rid of that candle. You don't go into the house." <laughs> I, I love how he said "house." Can it I was just my say favorite thing? Uh, the house. I am so sorry for every time we made fun. Of Jimmy yes. Doohan's accent. Yeah. Yeah, it turns to out he thing... wasn't doing so bad, was he? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! This is, this is like community Haven't... theater level. 
Yeah. Kevin got to make a James Doohan joke. I mean, the costume time. for that man, too. Oh, like, oh, all of them. Fucking it was Disney Scotland. Yeah, oh, where, where was his fucking bagpipes? That's Sorry, what I'll, I'll let you finish, though. I just... Ugh. And he'd be like, bust me bagpipes! Stay away from the candle! Uh, anyway, so he's like, oh, you know, I'm not stepping foot inside that house. You gotta get rid of that ugly piece of shit. And Bev's like, I think it really Don't brings the room Bev together. <laughs> uh, I think it really it's ties beautiful. the I think it really ties the room together. Um, Bev like gets ghost molested again, and this really creepy ass voice is like, "Beverly, I put my dick in your granny in your next." <laughs> That's exactly what he said. I don't know how they got away with that. <laughs> but anyway, I'm really glad Caitlin is showing this. You're so welcome. His um, ghost dick. His ghost dick. Anyway, I don't know. It's like really stupid. Like she's immediately in love with him, and we find out it's like he's manipulating her, like he's been doing to like her entire family for generations, which is out of self-preservation. But like she becomes like thoroughly fucking obsessed with him, and like no seconds flat to the point where at some point the candle goes out and he's like oh I can only be with you physically for a second but you're gonna have to like light the candle again she goes and lights the candle and then twitches like a fucking crackhead for like 20 seconds like where the fuck are you I lit the candle and it was I was really uncomfortable quits her job yeah then she's like hey I'm gonna go and have lots of ghost sex I'm out and Picard's like really I thought you liked me and she's like yeah and he's like but like work and she's like yeah okay bye well <clears throat> so she leaves and and the other thing too is like they're not actually having like sex he's like ghost gassing her and giving her all the over all the orgasms like he's like i'm gonna love you like you didn't know you could be loved and shit and i which i think means in the butt do yes. we agree probably in the butt ear oh I've never had umox like this before. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so they're, you know, doing whatever, and Picard's like, what the fuck? Where's this Ronan dude? What's the deal with that? So he goes down and, like, you know, to to square off with Ronan. You know, if Picard had gone down sooner, maybe Bev wouldn't have quit. Oh! Hey! Oh! <laughs> I don't even really remember how this ends, except that she's Stupidly. like, no, you, like, fucked my grandma and you've been my whole family. You're because... not you're not Nana. Nana's dead. Oh my god, leave her alone. And, and the best part about Nana is it's the rapping granny yes, from the wedding singer. It is. It's so great. Yeah, nice. so yeah, so basically, yeah, so he animates the, the grandmother's corpse to try to uh, he's just and she's like, fuck you, you fucking abused you used me, you used my family, fuck this candle. And fuck you, and she phases him a few he's times, like and he's hurting people a bunch. It's probably worth mentioning. Like he kills <laughs> a guy, and yeah, he kills well, groundskeeper yeah. Willie because groundskeeper yeah. Willie's like, I'm gonna get rid of that fucking candle, <laughs> and uh, don't turn off the weather. Ah, oh yeah, that's the other thing too. Is this uh, this dude has been fucking with the weather patterns on yeah. New Scotland, and that's kind of how we we sort of find out what he's really about. Yeah. But it's not nearly as interesting as creepy fucking weirdo ghost sex. Yeah. But anyway, Bev blows him away, and uh, that's the end. Here's the end. Here's the end of this deeply upsetting, fucked up, wrong ass episode. Is that like, even after realizing he'd been like manipulating people's minds and let's be fucking honest here, raping people, she's like, but he really loved you. No, he fucking didn't! 
He's a creepy, horrible rapist. This episode is fucked up and I hated it. Well. So that's one vote for I Mark liked Great. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I was like, seriously, I'm sorry, but just, I was shocked. Had you seen this one before? No. Okay. I've only heard of it. If it's fucking in for me. That's why last week I was like, hey, maybe it'll be so bad. It's funny. No, no, it's actually, it's horrifying and insulting and wrong. And the fact that like women were involved in making it makes it even weirder. Who wrote it? I don't remember. Uh, no, uh, it was actually <laughs> the pitch. What is this voice? The pitch was submitted uh. by a fan. And then it was developed by Jerry Taylor. Mm-hmm. What's a Jerry mm-hmm. Taylor? Uh, she she's was, one of the head writers. Yeah. If not the head and I'm writer? pretty sure the pitch came from a woman, too, but don't quote me. Yeah, Jerry Taylor was convinced it would work because they were trying to appeal to the women audience and romance appeals yeah, to well, women. Yeah, well, yeah, this is very... This is, but this, honestly, though, this does very much play a lot like a, like a sappy supermarket romance well, except novella. for the brainwashing I had this book there was a there was a short anthology of stories by like Nora Roberts and three other people you don't fucking know and this ghost dude is in a castle and he falls in love with this woman and they do the fuck and then he has to like move on or something it was Good called book. Once Upon a Castle I, mean, I also saw this movie it was don't called write it down hmm don't write the title down for later. Yeah, you don't have to. I'll lend it to you. I still own it. What's, um, what's that movie? I think we brought it up once before on the podcast. Where uh, Steve Gutenberg falls in love with a ghost. Steve, Steve Gutenberg? The Ghostbusters? <laughs> so there's this movie. Maybe we haven't talked about it. It's oh, from, like, which that scene was also rape, by the way. Oh, so yeah, what happened to Steve Gutenberg? He was in literally every movie for he an was entire a, decade. He was in a bunch what of like straight-to-video... guy. Like he was in Police he's Academy, just this guy, you know. Uh, Short Circuit One. Short. He was. He wasn't in the second one. I think no. he was in both. No, he definitely wasn't. Who was in the uh, second one? Uh, it Fisher Stevens. Yeah. Guide. Let's see, Fud. Um, but yes, yeah, he he was he ended up doing a lot of like bad straight video Olsen twin movies in the nineties. Uh, Good for him. But um, but no, there's this movie from like the late eighties, early nineties, and uh, Peter O'Toole owns this haunted castle, and is his you know he's like the last scion of this faded aristocratic family and he decides to open the castle as like a haunted tourist attraction to make money and he puts golden tickets and chocolate bars yeah yeah but there are actually ghosts i I think liam neeson is one of the ghosts Uh, was a young liam neeson but yeah steve gutenberg falls in love with one of the ghosts there and this and that and and high spirits i want to say it's called steve gutenberg and liam neeson that's an interesting and i feel like it's one of those movies that I just saw a lot because like it, it was on yeah, Comedy yeah, Central yeah. a lot when I was a kid or HBO oh, or something. Comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that's why Steve Gutenberg was in right, it. Uh, yeah, and you know, it, it makes sense. It, but but that was way better than this because everything was consensual. Wait, I was... Shoot, what was my... Although, admittedly, Liam Neeson was an abusive prick in life, it turns out. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. The ghost, not... Oh. I'm not... Sorry, not Liam sorry. Neeson. The ghost. Liam Neeson. There, there, is some, there is some upsetting stuff in that movie, too, but... Not like in this. So I am going to be the person who offers a small, a, a measured defense of this episode. Oh, I didn't hate it. So Chris, Chris is very heated. Oh, I despised I it. I, the thing is, like, I go into these episodes with this, with this, just feeling like, oh, all of all the the hype that we've heard of how bad yeah, it is. Yeah, like, yeah. it is uh, cited as the sixth worst episode in all of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and so, watching, it's like I. There's way worse. Well, I'm, I'm There's lots and lots worse. So, so I, when I was watching this episode, I thought of 
a realization, a moment I had when I was doing a, a watch of a bunch of Superman the Animated Series, the follow-up to Batman the Animated mm-hmm. Series. It was on when, like, in like the early 90s. It was one of the early the uh, Kids WB shows. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I sort of, like, had seen, I like, everybody knows the Batman one, but I was like, I remember there was a Superman one, and I really like Superman, so. Was it, like, I season it four of Batman was, like, coincided so with? They yeah. brought it back. For a while, they were doing Superman. They were doing Batman, and then they were doing Superman and Batman, and then eventually it became, just became like Superman. Super no, it became Sorry. like Superman slash Batman, and they would like alternate stories. Oh, okay. And then okay. they did Justice League. Yeah, when they like when the... when they went when Batman jumped from Fox to Kids WB, yeah. the quality of the animation changed drastically. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, they but, redesigned a lot of the characters. So the, the yeah, Superman the show, dumb as fuck. The Superman show maybe it didn't have that sort of like just like iconic like re- like reinventing the character like the Batman series but it was, it was pretty good it was yeah really it was good. it was really solid um, and so there's a moment there's these two episodes that I remember because there's one after the other and I watched one it's like a really good a really good cold open where there's like a funeral going on and it's Clark Kent's funeral and then it cuts to like Superman and he's just like uh, what do I do? What do I do? Right? And I was like, oh, oh yeah. gosh, this is like, good, uh, what's going to happen? And then the next episode begins, the cold open is like space and like it's little spaceships going through it. And you hear just like, Cap, it's like, it's literally like Captain's Log. It's like, I finally returned to the site of my planet Krypton. And I just remember like that second open, I was just like, oh, the show is fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> that they just like do, they can tell any kind of story they want. Like, the, the before like three episodes before that there's this really funny episode about Mixaplitzik mm. um, so I was just like oh this is so cool and so this episode is I think I think it's a terrible Star Trek episode terrible it mm-hmm. shouldn't be a Star Trek episode but and does it is it is it good probably not but but I would just really was like I was I was like oh I love that this is so granted like, yes, there's just, like, straight-up rapes and sexual assaults happening in this episode, and Constantly. it's a little hard to get around that, but I was Welcome just, Welcome to the like, romance genre. I, and I, I was actually, like, Went I there. honestly appreciate that, like, like female orgasm is being, a play, is being uh, portrayed on screen, that this is, like, does center around, like, female desire and female fantasy, and I like that it's just, like, like a fucking weird thing to put on your Star Trek That's season. the thing, and that's why, like, all of that would be admirable. Yeah. If it wasn't so rapey. Yeah, like, if she yeah. was... It sh- that's what ruins it for me. Is like, it feels like it's not... It doesn't feel like it's, you know, it's about female pleasures, but, uh, like, I just picture some sort of yeah. sweaty, ugly motherfucker sitting in his house being like, hey, hey, get you watch Gage McFadden make orgasm noises. I'm going to record this on my VHS and wear out the oh tape. God, boy. <laughs> what is that? Well, so... I don't know. Please stop doing that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, but, like, so there's, like, there's... Like, you're right, and I think that this is, like, like maybe this is where, you know, creative processes are complicated. Yeah. And so I feel like there are a lot of moments where I was, like, I feel like, I honestly feel like Gates McFadden and Marina Sirtis are, like, excited to be having the scene, even if it's a little silly, because they get to, like, they're talking about boys, and, like, they don't get to do that. And porn. Yeah, and, like, like, like genuinely, And jerking like, off. And jerking, like, seriously, these are all good topics we should be addressing. That's, yeah. and that's the thing, I'll give you that, that is all very yeah. true, I just... So there, there were, I just want to say there were moments where I was like, oh, I love that they're doing this, I love that they seem kind of excited about it, but 
it's hard to argue that the episode as a whole really works. Yeah, because, like, I mean, it'd be great if, like, yeah, yeah, I was reading this poem. It's like, that's great. By my grandma. That's not great. What? Well, yeah, I wonder, like, because, yeah, they definitely did. It's the future. They did seem good in the scene, but, like, there was, there is this undercurrent of, like, (laughs) how. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest here, though, like, like. Her, like, oh. Beverly Crusher's grandmother is not even, like, a zygote today. So, like, uh-huh. she's not a granny yet, is what I'm saying. Jake, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. She's a twinkle in her great, 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 great. But Ronan is still out there right now, today, fucking a Howard. Screwing some Howard Rod. And okay, you know it. I, I, a, I want to know. I actually really want to move. On that note, to the Ronin fact. But before we move on, Caitlin, I'm curious, like, if you have any thoughts about, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, about the, like... She's not a podcast. She's used to being put on the spot. Treatment of, like, female sexuality and desire in this episode. Hot or not? Um, I mean, I think that... (laughs) Well, D. So glad you asked. No, I love that... I, I agree with you. I love that they're kind of, like... First of all, like, sort of discussing these, like, taboo topics, because, like, it's definitely in the 90s. Yeah. We weren't really talking about... I mean, we're still not talking about enough, right? It's still, like, the most taboo thing that there is, is female orgasm. Like, that's the thing that, like, you... Like, let's not go anywhere near that. Well, and one of the... So, like, obviously there's been a lot of, um, bullshit going uh, going on lately, and, um, this is only... This is, like, tangentially related, but the fact that people... American people, men, American men people, but also American women people don't, and, and every, everybody, all, is, it's really obvious that there is, like, no focus whatsoever on female pleasure yeah. at yeah. all. Like, I read some, I've oh, been reading. Sunday, and that's usually it. Yeah. She doesn't even get to eat it. It's like. What I read something recently where a guy was like, "Oh, but like, if a woman does an orgasm, how do you have kids?" And it's like, you know, that's totally oh. not at all how oh, it works, no. right? Like, you know that you know that the female orgasm is not necessary like for yeah. right. And then another guy was saying like, "Um, women shouldn't be masturbating. That's just for reproduction, you idiots." Oh. Yeah, was this guy some kind of Christian? Couple of different guys. No, nutbag? a lot of different people. There Young, is, old... Well, that's a contradiction in thought. Well, again, that's not the same person. These are two oh. different people. My point is that no one seems to fucking yeah. understand how does how does female pleasure... Yeah. Look, where does the baby come out? Pee is stored in the balls. Yeah, knew that We one. know that. <laughs> but, but, no, but, but, like, to, to put it on, into another... There are a significant number of men who think that babby and period and PP come from the same hole oh my God, yeah. in the female anatomy. A like startling number. I think Jake's one of them. <laughs> from the look I mean, of no, I'm just kidding. I'll admit I thought that when I was five. Well, right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't even fucking sure how it worked when I was five. Like, what? whatever. But the point I is, I thought like, the penis went in the navel. I remember you telling me that. Aww. That's why they had to cover it in the original series. The navel, ah! the navel is a very sensitive erogenous zone, so you're not... <laughs> finish, your, finish what you were saying. Oh, my point is just that, like, it's super, super fucking obvious yeah. that still, today, 23-ish, 22 and a half-ish years after this episode came out, that, like, the greater understanding of, like, female sexuality, it's... 
not really like I think women have become more like interested and but there are still plenty of women who think that masturbating is wrong or like that or don't know how to masturbate like I'm in a couple of groups that are like sex positive on like the Facebook and the number of women who have never orgasmed not just from intercourse or whatever sexual play with a partner but from themselves women who have never orgasmed because they can't get themselves to do it and I'm just like what in the fuck so yes the fact that this is like rapey as shit is super 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 fucked up but it's also really awesome like you said it's like a huge moment in 1990s television where these women are like openly in public are they in 10 forward or something where are they talking about it they're like hey i read some great porn (laughs) who wrote it my grandmother (laughs) okay but like yeah and Oh, he knew exactly what I wanted. Oh, girl, you should read more of that shit tonight. Yes, girl. Light some fucking candles and get it done, girl. Hopefully I dream some more. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's Wake great. Up like, naked. that, as you said, that's yeah. so it, that's. I had great. no idea I was teeing you up for that. Yeah, so was, I didn't know either. <laughs> Dee, you should always be on this show. So Please so ask so me for my input about Basically, you're saying it's, it's, it's Pleasantville. It's, it's the plot of Pleasantville. I've never seen Pleasantville, and I'm not gonna start now. <laughs> it's a great um, movie. It's all. It's basically the the. Oh, it's like 1950s house. Well, 1950s it? sitcom world. It's basically yeah. It's they're in a, they're in like like a Leave It to Beaver style sitcom. Where oh, every, June where, Cleaver was definitely where everyone's in black and white until the June Cleaver character discovers how to twiddle her thumb. Her, her flicker bean, flicker bean, and she and she turns and she turns more than that. But and that's... then everybody else in the town starts flicking her bean. Starts starts jerking flicking off. Flicking her bean specifically. Yeah, they all line off up and jerking so each other this, off, like, and they all turn uh, to color. That movie is actually like I kind of want to see it. It's a it delightful has, movie. It has, I've never it seen it. Now I do. It's got like it's Don Knotts. I think Don Knotts was in that. So there is like there's like the June Cleaver. So like so this. These modern teens go back to this 1950s. Isn't Toby Maguire one yeah, of them? He is. They get beamed. It's Toby Maguire and uh, like. Don't Reese worry about how it happens. They're in like a fictional. Yeah, real people in a fi- like enter a fictional world, and this this is like June Cleaver character, like ba- at some point like asks basically asks her daughter, daughter who's, yeah. like from the real world for like sex ed because like she doesn't know and. Like there's a scene where you like basically you she's like going to a bathtub and it's, you understand that she's masturbating and after she does like the I forget what is it I think like a like a whole tree like blooms into color and everything has been black and white yeah and oh then, Reese Witherspoon is the daughter but then there's oh, also so this right. running theme of like a, like people turn into color as they sort of like find emotion and there's a lot of people do after sex yeah but the daughter from the real world has a lot of sex and stays black and white yeah. because was, she's was... actually like acting out sort of like you know like like destructive like habits rather than like genuinely like finding like a new emotional growth yeah. and, like, it's a great oh, that's movie nice. and it's like and yeah so she it's stays really, in reading that she that it's she really yeah it's about expanding your expanding so your basic, view basically she's staying black and white as a way of slut shaming her mm. yeah well oh, sad face so but yeah that movie right. it feels right when you watch well, but, it but also there's, there's okay. a difference between slut shaming yeah. and legitimately like seeking male attention for the wrong reasons, or yes, yeah, it, it is. Like it is. It is not saying like, it is the, fir- the movie is firmly not like it's wrong for her to have sex. It's that she is she is having sex to like effectively distract herself from 
real problems in, in her like life. actual change. Yeah, yeah and, and it's when it's when she confronts those issues. Yeah. So anyway, having this... looked up the films we've been referencing, neither did great. Uh, unfortunately, Both Pleasantville. Than Rosa, I'm sure. Oh, much. <laughs> Pleasantville only made forty nine million dollars on a forty million dollar budget. Yeah, that's rough. But it's better than High Spirits, which made about eight point five million dollars. In 1988. And a $40 million budget. On a $17 million budget. And again, this is 1988. $17 million. Speaking of movies we've been talking about, let's talk about a movie. I watched a movie this week. Um, What movie was it, Ames? Well, this... The the writers say that this episode is an homage to a movie called The Innocents, which is a movie adaptation of The Turn of the Screw. Oh, and okay. I couldn't, I, I couldn't find the innocence, so I watched a different a, well, adaptation of *The Turn of the Screw*. I forget when it was from. I didn't recognize any of the human beings. It was from a while ago. The gist is that fucking creepy ass movie. Yeah. The gist is. Um, Wait, so what is it called? Is it actually called *The Turning of the Screw*? The turn of the, the okay. turn of the screw. Turn of the screw. Sorry, I was, not the taming of the screw. No, I actually almost said that <laughs> the earlier. Turning so of that's the why this happened. <laughs> she was saying tur- the turn of the screw, and I was thinking the taming of the shrew. So yes, close. Yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, so it's about this this governess who goes to basically to watch over these two children who are supposed to be, you know, perfect little angels, this, that, and the other thing. Until they start not acting like little angels and she's like, why why do you keep acting like little fucking miscreants? And, you know, the fucking cook who works there is all like, oh, they're such great little kids, aren't they? And she's like, what's going on here? I keep seeing visions of people out in the yard, like a, a man dressed all in black and white and a woman dressed all in black and white. Who are they? And the maid says, oh, oh the, the cook says, oh, those were old, the, the valet and the old governess who lived here who died tragically and who are bad, bad people. We don't talk about them. We're not allowed to talk about them anymore. And it starts coming to be revealed that the two ghosts have been inhabiting the two little children as a way to try to get back into the world and continue to be miscreants in the world. And the governess is trying to save them and trying to save them. And finally, the saves the little girl by getting the little girl to say the ghost's name. That's yeah. how it works. Oh, like, like, like names. Yeah. And then, you know, gets sent away to London to live with her uncle or some shit. And the, the little boy, who's like 14 and keeps making passes at her Ugh. and looks like a Weasley kid... From the, oh, the yeah. Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Oh, Connor. you meant the Weasleys, right? Yeah, one of it's them. It's like, wait, do you mean Weasley of, or the Weasleys? Both. <laughs> a Weasley kid. A Weasley, mm. Weasley kid. Definitely a Hufflepuff. So, gr- aggressively ginger. H.R. Hufflepuff. The gingerest of children. Which, ginger isn't red. Ginger is yellow, but I don't understand. The root, huh. but ginger root is yellow. But when you never pickle understood. it, it's pink. Sure. Um, but he choo- like he man- like manages to choose to be with the ghost guy and dies. Mm. Nice. And Spoilers. So, I mean, we've been focusing a lot on like the plot issues of the episode, but I just want to draw brief attention to the absolute cheeseball execution of the episode. Okay. Like, for one, you have you have the the Scotman. I was gonna say, could you do it in Scottish <laughs> accent, please? And like, wait, wait, we're on. Oh, wait, hang on. Before we get there, are we on planet Scotland? Is that like basically? Uh, it's basically it they did. They made a colony, but they wanted Scotland to be. Is, is like their their paradise. I actually wrote down like I think was it Chris? Did you say Disney Scotland? Disney Scotland. I yeah. wrote that down in my notes, like yeah. because it is it's it's what it is. Somebody was it's. It's a Scotland theme they, park. They frame it as like, oh, we were very, we very lovingly restored it, but it genuinely does feel like 
what happened is that like a real estate developer was like, ah, ah I don't know, a bunch of rubes will pay money to live on Scott and live in Scotland. Oh, and even the like, especially like since they never everyone have, has to wear old timey clothes. Especially because they never apparently get any fucking rain in this Scotland. Which that is doesn't weird. seem accurate. Well, Jordy has to make it rain for them. Well, um, no, he's no, no, he is no, he's trying to stop it from raining. Wait, wait, it might, last time he it, was trying to make it. A storm. This time he's yeah. trying to stop a storm. Wait, wait. He's already controlling the weather, but struggling with technical difficulties. Yeah. It's the theme of the United There we go. Episodes. We can call this episode Technical Difficulties. Technical Difficulties. Uh, I'm not sure how you spell the accent, but... Jordi's Technical Difficulties. See? Yeah, I love that too. It's like, hey, rain in the summer! It's like, what? when do you get rain, Governor? Yeah. Cosplaying um, alien governor. Actually, <laughs> I mean, some 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 places seasons. Yeah, that's are like that's that. the one. Like California, so, they don't but, get rain in the summer. Really. Uh, but disregarding or like ever. even that aspect, just the scene where yeah. Beverly is being kind of like I guess attacked in the house when the when she gets back and all yeah. the flowers are there and like there's this whole scene where like the ghost is like flinging her around or something and like just her acting in that scene. I don't know if it was possible to do it, if it well. If it helps, this was directed by Jonathan Frakes. It doesn't. Jonathan? That's, it doesn't that's help. Did I say what I said? You kind of Frenchified you know, his name. It was you know, Jonathan Frakes. You know what's really interesting, actually, about that is that, like, I wonder, the fact that it was directed by Frakes, but, like, developed by Jerry... Taylor. What, Jerry Taylor. Like, there's something interesting there, right? Like, we, one thing that came up earlier is, like, the creative process, like, there's a lot of people involved, there's a lot of visions competing. Like, it's just interesting that, like, Frakes, like, Frakes is a good director. Um, oh, yeah. But maybe he was not the right person to tell, like, uh, like, to tell the romance story that Jerry Taylor envisioned. You know I don't what know, I mean? women, historically, loved this episode. Like, it was very, mm-hmm. very divided mm-hmm. on the gender line. Yeah. Where men hated it, and women yeah. loved it. That's I bet it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but I also kind of feel like, well, no, I was about to say it would be received differently now, but that's not necessarily true because I have to remind myself frequently that I live in a bubble yeah. where, yes, I think my friends would be like, oh, that's really fucked up and rapey, but you know, people yeah. at large maybe wouldn't care. It's also like, it's also, I mean, it's the kind of thing. Like, I think my reaction to it is also like, like it's very rapey, like it, and that's like true. And I think that if it wasn't like so surprising to see female sexuality portrayed on Star Trek. It would be it would be much more like, well, this is super rapey and awful. And also, of course, it's super cheesy. Like it's not a it's not a good episode by no. by those, yeah, I'll those also, metrics. I'll also say that at the like Bev at the ending, yeah. she fucking had me wrapped. Yeah. On, in this episode, just watching her, you know, zapping the guy, zapping the candle, yeah. fucking grow yeah. like I'm growing in, as a character as this person who's like wait yeah. i can i can take this back over for myself yeah sorry you got shot jordy you'll be fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> make it rain some more buddy yeah. well, and, and i'm just watching this having known what the ending was gonna be i'm watching this like how is she gonna do it mm. how is she gonna is she gonna fucking stand up to the guy oh she's doing it fucking, fucking finally bam but, you know, I, I feel like they the subvert it though afterward with the end the with, the, with the end like the, it would have been fine if it had basically ended with her standing up to her violator mm-hmm. and uh, you know as you say killing him taking charge of her own self 
But then they subvert it at that in that last scene with her being like, "Oh, you really love you really love so much." And he loved my grandma yeah, and oh, her yeah. grandma. He did such a was, good job. Is love, made her very happy. I'm not sure. It's like, it's like okay, yeah, but he made her happy, but. But like it was, he was basically fake. It drugging was a, her. It, yeah, exactly. She well, was like being actually, manipulated. Yeah, it's like, it's I like, was, this was a question that I had at the end because at the is like, it like brainwashing? There was there, there's a strong implication in the middle of the episode that you're like, oh, she's being brainwashed. But yeah. At the end, I was like, it was very man of the people in that regard. Yeah. Did you see like, man of the people? No, too? I didn't. It's another creepy, rapey one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, like, That's I mean, I think terrible. she was definitely being brainwashed, considering yeah. you know her. I mean, she's actually like she she's basically leaving the ship without talking to. She, the thing is, yeah, the, like she's acting totally out of character, but I wasn't sure it was really. There was never a moment where they were like, and anaphasic beings could affect your mind. Like it was just sort of like, mm. like I, I wasn't clear what mechanism. Is she, had to is she do just that? like hypnotized by? Well, the, oh, it was, be, the, it was something to do with their like, particular biology. Yes. I feel like yeah. she's like, you've been using <laughs> our biology to manipulate us. Like Watch, there's something watch about the swinging, the swinging dongs. Yeah. That, that was, what did he do? Make her swinging, watch Watchmen? The swinging <laughs> ghost dong. <laughs> that was... Yeah. I think you're right, Ames, in that the, the acting was really good in that final bit, but it was slightly undercut for me by the fact that they, like... While she's trying to have this great moment, they have forced her to give, like, a yeah, yeah. lot of expository yeah. dialogue, and yeah. it's like... Yeah, it's I like the anaphasic... Because this is the first we've heard that it's an anaphasic creature. Yeah. In they literally said, the last yeah. minute of the episode. Yeah. It was like, what was wrong with Aquil? And it's like, it's yeah. a mystery episode, and we're going to introduce that it's this weird shape-shifting creature thing in the last couple of scenes. Yeah. It's a really, like... I guess the whole episode... It's just, like, it's super... It's just... Super not well executed, and there's all no. these like unevenness, and it sort of like turns into this big like lump. But there's still like there's so many like cool unique things that aren't in any other episodes. I agree about that last scene, and I also agree about like like it's it's ridiculous and it's obviously really uncomfortable. But like that that scene that you mentioned because it is it's like so extreme in the the summary where she lights the candle and then she's freaking out. Yeah, I was like. Like, this is, like, I'm very worried about this woman. Like, this is yeah. a very convincing portrayal of somebody who is, like, really going through something Yeah, horrible. she's, like, clutching her knees up on yeah, her Yeah, and, like, shaking. Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's, interesting. That's some yeah. kind of, that's, I can't even think of what I'm trying to think of what it is, but it's like a... It feels like addiction to me. Addiction? Yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. addiction. But also, like, certain types of abuse where people yeah, will be like, yeah. you know, send me a picture right now with, like, you know, three, yes. three fingers and you're at your, the house, so, like, show me you know, your mother's yeah. television in your hand or whatever. And like, a uh, kind of like, yeah. like he's like, almost like she's been emotionally manipulated to right. think that he's not coming back or that he's it's like, I hey, don't like, know how to explain it. No, I'm sure I know I'm what doing you mean, a, the wrong right? thing, but like, I'm trying to point across. I think. You, hear, you hear stories about abuse where it is like, it's like, it's all about like, like with like offering or withholding affection. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, that, that is a major dynamic anyway. Right. And then, then it's also about like, establishing obedience like just like giving orders for the sake of those orders being obeyed right. the whole thing about like go to your cabin go up to the ship go to your cabin light the candle like and then you'll hear from me like right. yeah. there's something like very yeah. live about that moment and that dynamic yeah i was really startled by it again because it you don't really see it coming like you yeah. like you she's been you know it's been like oh he's so he's so dreamy whatever and then all of a sudden it's like she's losing her mind yeah, yeah and it yeah. was yeah, it was a he very is, sudden jump. Yeah. He the is very, not dreamy. The very first moment that I thought Bev was acting 
weird yeah. and out of and out of character as Bev was when she goes into the house. She's doing the thing with the with the with the stuff. And then Quint walks in, the, the groundskeeper, and he's like, "Get rid of that candle, you know. You you have to do all this stuff." And Bev like takes him to task for no yeah. fucking reason. Like Bev, he's coming in, he's offering you all the information he has on a subject that you don't know because you haven't been living here. Yeah. You don't know everything that's happening on what's this planet? Caldus for New Scotland. Sounds like Caledonia. I think yep. that's what they were going. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I get it. See, that's right. That that scene didn't catch me off guard because, like, strange man just walking in your house. I felt like her He's anger was keeper. Compl- I was I also mean, just distracted by him. He blames himself immediately. But if you've never been told a groundskeeper exists, someone, oh yeah, I'm the groundskeeper. Like, I wouldn't but believe him. I was. I think I I missed it just because I was so distracted by him. Body, <laughs> ugh. You're allowed to not Gesundheit. believe him. In which case, you should ask him more questions instead of saying, Get the fuck out! I can't deal with you right now! The defensiveness around the candle, I think you're right, is like supposed to be an early indicator. I mm. hadn't thought about that. Well, and also, it speaks to your idea about addiction, too. Because yeah. that irritability and that, like, you know, uh, fuck you, you don't know, yeah. you don't know me, this is my thing, give me that back, like... Yeah, that's I, interesting. I don't know. I also, so I have to say, there was something... He was, he was objectively just so bad. Oh, yeah. But there was something I found delightful about just, like, how, like, they dived into the genre. They were like, listen, it's a fucking, like, paranormal romance with scotch people, so I'm going to have a crazy scotch groundskeeper who speaks with a thick accent and, like, tries to, like, is meddling. And, like, there's the scene where he is literally, like, disassembling the weather. He was pulling a scotty. And it was... <laughs> It was so, like, 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 that scene should have been, like, you catch him in the garage, like, like, cutting the brake line or something, but it was just like, (laughs) I was like, okay, this is a different genre, but I like how you've worked it into what you're doing here. So. Oh, poor fella. Apparently, they could be asked to go across the Atlantic to get an actor for the character, Uh but they couldn't (laughs) afford to get all the way to Scotland. He was played by Shay Duffin, an Irish character actor. Oh, no. Oh, then I'm sure we got a completely realistic and unbiased... So uh, who apparently features also in the 1993 film Leprechaun and is in the 1997 film Titanic. Ooh. Who is he in Titanic? I don't know. I bet he's like... Irish oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What's he look like? Can you... He he's just like says pub guy. keeper. Oh. So he was oh, I bet he's the guy who's like in the pub where they win the tickets. Yeah, at the, at the beginning. beginning. Oh, there you go. There's a beautiful enough story. Yeah, that, that pub keeper. <laughs> and Jack. Um, and Jack. Yeah, oh my god, god he's in the Frisco about, Kid. Uh, about Jack. I read, I've read a couple of really interesting Titanic not theories week, that I like. Several weeks ago. Yeah, we were just talking about Titanic. Oh, wait, is there a whole thing that Jack's not real? No, there's, that, there's that, a well. That's true. Yeah, that that um that Kate Winslet is like. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Suicidal and like I heard the one you told making me. him up, and the one that we that I read about a couple weeks ago actually was potentially that the people apparently thought that he was very androgynous looking. I've and heard this. You've heard about this I've one that he this. that he may or may not have been. Yeah, that he was transgender, transgender. or you, like it was a lesbian woman. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and like that, that I was... totally don't think that's what they were going for, no. but I love that you could yes. make a convincing argument that that's what's going on. Agreed. Because they're like, you see men with their shirts off. Why don't you ever see him with his shirt off? And I'm like, yeah. Why don't you ever see him with his shirt off? 
Especially since it's so romantic and it is like it's very sexual. It's yeah. very erotic. Yeah. Yeah, but this is so, definitely like up there with Darth Jar Jar in the in the <laughs> realm of theories that could theoretically be true. No, nah, I know, but I want. And you can I, make a case for, but but probably I know, not. But it captured my heart, and I love it. I, it and is, also, Darth don't Jar take Jar this from me. True. Darth, yeah. I mean, Darth. There's a surprisingly compelling evidence for Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've I've heard that, and I also was like, I don't think so, but. I'm delighted. Yeah, no, I loved it. I was like, yes, please. Thank so you. I think we've gone way over time. Yeah, we that way was actually yeah. like, and way off topic, which is really weird I think it's about time that we was... shut the lights no. on this one. Ah, you got huh. wax on He me. blew out the candle, everybody. That I... was actually, like, I feel like that episode, which like, is super silly in a lot of ways. Let's do some surprisingly interesting discussion. Yeah, and I appreciate the you know the other perspective oh, on it. Because yeah, I was just great week coming. Don't wrong. I still hate it, right. and I still find it really creepy and predatory. But it's, it's good to hear the alternate perspective. Well, and you're not you're not wrong about that. What's interesting is that it's like, but it's like it's all I could see. It's all it's like it's about context, right? Like if you're coming at it from a context of like like geez, like I've actually never seen some of these things that I would like to see on the show before. Then you sort of latch onto like onto those elements, and but there's also this like like a just like cheesy production and b like some like very problematic material yeah. that exists alongside it, and it's sort of like it's like a magic eye, right? It's like yeah. where you're approaching it from affects mm. how, what you'll pick take out of it. Yeah. Oh wait, before we wrap, bias or something. Note on Ronan, you said. Oh, no, oh Ronan. we need the note on Ronan. Yeah, so the, the writers claim that they didn't know this when they were uh, writing it, writing the episode. But in Japanese, Ronan means drifting person, usually a masterless samurai. <gasps> An anaphasic being. Ooh, all right. Well, that was something. They definitely um, knew that. They must have. Next week on our show... It's going to be, I think this, I think next week is going to be a good week because these are two episodes that I think very fondly of. They are Lower Decks. Heck yeah. And Thine Own Self. Be true. Yes. Two, two episodes I really like and I hope we'll all enjoy them and that you, our audience, will return again to listen to us talk about them next time. Until then, though, find our Facebook and Twitter page, SSHB Podcast, and search for A Star to Steer Her By on Facebook and on Tumblr, SSHB Podcast 2. Not the number 2. Also. As well. Um, ASW. Similarly. <laughs> you can also find our webpage on SSHBpodcast.com. And you can find the podcast to listen music. Yep. On, okay, uh, you were doing so well. I was thinking to myself, man, really, Jake's, Jake's almost on, there. He's on, almost done now. On iTunes and iTunes and Google and all your other tuned places for all your tunes and SoundCloud. Cool. That's the other one. Search Good job. There. You said it right and everything. I sure did. But yes, we're on all of those digital, digital platforms of the future. You can... <laughs> We're in the future. We live in the future. Although you're listening to us from the future. Our future. So we don't know what you might know. (laughs) (laughs) Will this episode even ever air? Nope. Uh, Hopefully not. Uh, At least not this part. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we will be back next time. My name has been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This is Dee. We'll always have Ferris listeners. Thank you, Dee.